News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Business Person of the Month with Evershed Sutherland, Ireland's most established and largest global law firm. Yeah, each month we showcase some of the country's finest business leaders and innovators working at the biggest and smallest companies in Ireland. The award of Business Person of the Month will reflect excellence within the recipient's profession. So if you know a candidate who you feel has excelled in their field, you can nominate them for Business Person of the Month. You can even nominate yourself. Simply go to newstalk.com forward slash nominate and we'll interview the monthly winner near the end of this month. Now, every company these days has ambitious plans to slash their emissions and use and their use of carbon. For some in heavy industry, it's a really tough ask. But for others, they'll need the help of other firms to buy their reduced carbon quotient. This is where the Irish firm Silicate comes in. To remove such uh, much of the carbon in concrete, they crush it up into a tiny powder and give it to farmers to use in soil. That allows Silicate to create carbon credits, which they then sell on to other companies in order to meet their own targets. Morris Bryson is the founder of Silicate and is sitting in front of me. Good morning, Morris. Good morning, Joe. Tell us more about uh, how this works. I think you use something called enhanced weathering. Yes, it's essentially a natural process where rocks are decaying over time. Um, so if you imagine the Giant's Causeway, this is slowly capturing CO2. Over um, millions of years. Millions of years, yeah. So you have uh, CO2 in water, carbonic acid, weathering the Giant's Causeway. Mm. And very slowly it's capturing CO2. But if you were to blow up the Giant's Causeway, uh, which you could never do, obviously, mm. you would capture more CO2. The idea is you'd have more service area. So this is called enhanced weathering. So we're speeding up this natural process, which regulates CO2 in the atmosphere. And what we do is something similar, but with concrete. Now, what you do is you go to the concrete giants, whether it's CRH or Kilsarin, and you'd ask them to mill or crush up their unused car- uh, concrete. Is that right? Correct, yeah. So returned concrete, if you imagine... Around 30 billion tonnes of concrete are made each year globally. Mm. So it's the most voluminous material in the world after water. Yeah. So we make a lot of it. And it consumes a lot of carbon in its making. You're right, yeah. So making cement to go into concrete is very carbon intensive. And there are loads of companies around the world, um, some really amazing ones, that are working to decarbonize cement manufacturing. But we're on the other side of things. We're taking, we're like waste disposal almost. We're yeah. taking the leftover concrete and putting it to work to capture CO2. So you, you take the leftover concrete, which would be put back into quarries or something, you crush it into a powder and then you spray it on soils. Yeah, that's, that's mad. Yeah, so between 1% and 4% of all the concrete made in the world is returned. So it means it goes to a building site and a ready-mix lorry and is sent back. They've over-ordered that concrete. Mm. And depending where you are in the world, some of this concrete is left in big piles. So in the US, for example, where we're starting our operations um, later this year, uh, there's a lot of return concrete. Mm. And this material is really good at capturing CO2 if, as you say, we crush it or mill it to a dust and apply it to farmland. Okay, and so you, the farmers are happy with concrete being sprayed on their soil? Yeah, I mean, the material is actually very safe, you know, so there's EU regulations for what you put onto agricultural land and, of course, that limits the contaminants, etc. So the material is actually very, very safe. The material is very, very similar to ground limestone, which is just limestone rock, crushed to a dust and applied to farmland. And farmers use this all the time to change pH in their soil. So if you add... The power of hydrogen. Even I remember that from my science days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the farmers benefit because it might be a little bit acidic otherwise, and then they bring it to a more neutral pH. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then you measure how much CO2 you've saved. Yeah. Yeah. How so do you do that? Now, that can't be easy. That's the value add. That's where our team of geochemists really kind of add, add the value. So... 
It's not easy. No, it's it's frontier science what we're doing and we're publishing the work to really evidence that this is actually working very effectively. Mm. Um, so you're sampling the waters in the soils, you're sampling the soils themselves. And also we have these fancy devices that measure the amount of gases fluxing from the soil to the atmosphere. What? Fluxing, so measuring uh, moving. So in theory, where you've added material, there should be fewer CO2 molecules fluxing or moving from the soil to the atmosphere. So we measure with a big jar over the ground how much CO2 is coming off that ground. Uh, and you then, okay, let's say you, you, you establish that you've saved a ton of carbon, for, for the want of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, you then sell that as a carbon credit out in the marketplace. Correct. And w- among your clients are the, the the Swedish kind of credit provision company, Klarna, who many, many people will know from when they're buying stuff online and all that. Um, why would they want to buy carbon credits when they produce so few carbon credit, uh, carbon emissions themselves? I think it's just they want to do something good for the world. Do you know? I mean, carbon credits, I should say, have a pretty bad reputation. And this is because historically they've been done from avoided deforestation. So taking a rainforest somewhere and saying it won't be cut down if you buy credits from us. These credits have been largely discredited, I suppose. There was a big article in The Guardian in January saying these credits that have been used for a long time don't really work. And so I think what Clarin are trying to do and others yeah, who are kind of pushing the carbon removal space is to say, we want to be pos- making a big impact on the climate. And how do we do that? We support innovative and meaningful carbon removal solutions. So things like my, what my company does to take CO2 out of the atmosphere and lock it away for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you'd have to ask them why they're doing it, but I guess it's a way of giving back and trying to be something, do something positive for the world. For this to really work, you need to scale up though, don't you? You need to be removing um, hundreds of tons, if not thousands of tons every day of carbon or, or, um, uh, from concrete. Yeah, from the atmosphere. Yeah, so th- thousands getting to millions to billions. So if you imagine CO2 in the atmosphere, we've put too much up there. Mm-hmm. We've, we've never had CO2 levels this high in over 3 million years. No. It's, we put more CO2 in the atmosphere. It helped to make it the wettest July in, in record. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a bit crazy, right? Uh, the weather, and, but the, the, the sea surface temperature in the Atlantic has never been higher. You know, things are really changing. This is because the CO2 is up there. Mm. So for us to have a meaningful impact on the climate, we've got to get big. Mm. And so we're hiring. So we're growing our operations in the US, mm. hiring team over there and hiring more scientists into our team here, um, into our lab in Nova and UCD. So we're looking for low temperature geochemists scientific communicators, uh, those with a passion to remove CO2 from the atmosphere and who want to make a positive impact to the world. Uh, do you not need to have loads of contracts with farmers and with concrete companies and with quarries as well as um, way more customers, obviously? All of the above, yeah. I mean, this is what we're working towards, but I think we've been building great connections the world over. I spent much of this year actually in the States visiting a lot of concrete companies. Mm-hmm. So this is where we're building the relations with farmers and with concrete companies to make this work at scale. So, um, it's an exciting time. I think we've. And are the Americans? Uh, just, I mean, obviously, you get mixed messages politically uh, <laughs> on, on climate change in America. But are, is American industry cognizant of this and working hard to remove carbon? They are cognizant of the amount of waste concrete they have, and mm. this means they're biting my hand off to uh, to to deal with it. But I you suppose. have to pay them to mill to mill this uh, to mill this concrete. We do. We pay we pay a fee to cover the cost of milling the material and then transporting it to our farms, but. Otherwise, in the States, the, the amount of return concrete can be quite huge. And do the farmers pay you for, for the lime, limestone dust? No, this is how we're kind of building some momentum, I suppose, is we're offering a pH amendments, so that change in soil pH, for free. So mm-hmm. we're giving the material for free to farmers, or fully subsidised, you can put it, and then we're covering the cost of spreading it. And in exchange, we get to measure in their fields for about a year to prove we've removed that carbon. And that's the way we've been running it so far. 
Okay. Well, listen, best of luck with the venture, uh, Morris. I hope it goes well. It certainly sounds as if you've got a very interesting uh, job because uh, it's very rare that you make you mix a credit company with farmers, with concrete producers and doing our bit to save the planet. Uh, Morris Bryson there, the founder of Silicate. Thanks for coming in. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.